Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast and being a part of our church family here at New Hope. Our senior pastor, Dr. Benji Kelly, is currently leading us through the entire Bible in a series called The Story. Now here's this week's podcast. How are we doing today, church? Come on and welcome all of the campuses. Let them know. We love all of you campuses. I want to welcome you in order of the campus launch date. Since it's a quite historical Sunday today, I'm talking about Durham campus. I welcome you. Garner campus, NCCIW, Coffee House campus, Internet campus, Sanford campus, North Raleigh campus. I so enjoyed being with you last week. And I'm going to be with all the other campuses in September for a vision night. I'm talking about the Columbia campus. Then we launched a campus in Kenya and, of course, the Hillsboro campus was our last campus. And I think I mentioned them all. Maybe I didn't mention Sanford campus. Sanford campus. Come on, one more time. Would you welcome them all to the house of the Lord? Now, look at me, church. You're looking at a man who has a kid. Uh-oh. In elementary school, a kid in middle school, two kids in high school, and a daughter <laughs> who's in college. <laughs> and she left. <laughs> and we moved her out this week. And uh, to be honest with you, a lot of you are asking me how I'm doing. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Um, we got a little weepy when we dropped her off, but the truth is we made her a little dorm, which is about the size. <laughs> what these college kids live in these days is ridiculous. It's about the size of this, this front platform right here. We made it all beautiful, and uh, she's got all kind <clears> of <throat> Carolina blue stuff in there. You are just the people. You and all the people clapping at all the campuses. You are just the people that need to get baptized today. You got stuff on you we need to wash off. I'm just kidding. Um, but, hey, pray for, pray for the Kelly family. Would you do that? I, I am doing well. She's, she's such a young woman of God, and she's so secure, and she's so strong, and she's amazing. Um, but we are going to miss her. And uh, we're going to miss that beautiful girl walking down the stairs and coming into the kitchen. She just lights up a room. And not just me. I think Mom and I are going to be fine. But would you pray for her little brothers? They are oh, they are. They are going to miss their one and only big sister. But that is enough for that because I'll start crying if I'm not careful. Uh, let's pray. Father, um, speak to us. We are here and we are listening and we are available. So we ask that you take our minds and think through them. That you take our hearts and fill with them. Lord Jesus, I humbly ask that you take my lips and speak through them today. For if you do not speak, then absolutely nothing of any significance will have been spoken. And the people of God said together, amen, amen. Show of hands at all the campuses. How many of you get the weekly newsletter, typically from me, often it's from other pastors too, but typically, how many of you get the weekly newsletter from the church? Show of hands. Come on, come on. 
Wow, that's a lot of you. And if you're here and you, you didn't raise your hand, just put your email address down on the Connect card. Your information is secure with us. We don't sell your information. And uh, we will send you a newsletter every single week. This week, I sent a newsletter out. And I just want to talk about it for just a moment. I talked about the fact that some things are worth finishing in life. Some things are worth finishing in life. And I don't know if you finish things well, but the truth is all of us have a tendency at times to start projects that we don't really finish. Oh, glory. Like, I, there, if you go into my garage right now, there's a big box of furniture where about a year ago, maybe 18 months ago now, we bought furniture for our boys in their rooms. And I, we bought three sets and I put two together and one is still sitting there 18 months later. I, in our family room, if you will, if you go into our cabinets, there's these big containers of all these personal pictures. And I have these dreams. I, 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 you might say I fantasize about it. I, I fantasize about one day taking these huge, massive containers of pictures and putting them in photo albums and dating them chronologically so that when I am old, I can sit down and turn the pages of my life and see our family pictures. I've been wanting to do that for a decade. If you think about most diet plans or exercise plans, some of you might really succeed at that, but most people, New Year's resolutions, glory, hallelujah. Some people have a tendency to start those plans, to start that exercise regimen, to start eating healthy, but the truth is we often don't finish those projects. I'm so glad you're here today because I am going to teach you a principle, a law, a way to focus in life. And I'm going to give you a vocabulary so that you can actually articulate when that happens. Maybe you can articulate why that happens. And it is going to give you a means by which to see that every single person in here has struggled at one time or another with starting something that we just didn't finish. But I stopped by today to let you know that some things are worth finishing. Some things are worth putting in the crosshairs of your life and finishing. You see, the Israelites in this part of the story, they learned the lesson that I'm talking to you about today the hard way. They returned from Babylonian captivity to rebuild the temple. They started strong. You know how you start in January. They started. How's that working out for you? It's August. They, start, they started strong, and time turned their attention to other endeavors. What was important to God, hello, became unimportant to them. Sixteen years later, and they had still not finished the work on the temple. They started it strong, as we will talk about today. But then they quit. They quit and for 16 years they didn't finish God's work. So God raised up a prophet by the name of Haggai and, and in Haggai 1 the Bible says this. Come on, why don't you read it out loud with me together. Ready, go. 
Give careful thought to your ways. Come on, one more time. Give careful thought to your ways. Now, as I was getting ready for today, in the last few weeks, I was absolutely blown away by the way in which God orchestrated the chapter that we're studying today to be right on halftime celebration day. I did not plan it such. I just planned the series. Then we planned the halftime celebration. And I knew the word of God would preach because the word of God is the word of God. Amen? But I was blown away at how the teachings of Scripture today speak directly to all of us and where we are in the 21st century, not only in this country, but where we are as a church family. So take out your teaching notes, open up that three-ring binder if you don't have it, and I want to talk to you about certain zones today. Certain what? Zone. Oh, you are with me today. That's what I'm talking about. I was at a, a leadership summit, a global leadership summit last week, and I was listening to the one and only John Maxwell speak. John Maxwell, leadership guru. He's getting on up there in age now, but let me tell you, he is still golden. And I've been able to meet John and be with him. And I was listening to him. And John said a couple statements that deeply impacted me. Maybe it's because of where I've been for the last three or four years in my life. He said this. He said, anything worthwhile in life is uphill. Parents, you hear that? You ever feel like parenting is just uphill? Oh, good Lord, God help us. Parenting. Anything in life worthwhile is uphill. You're parenting married people. <laughs> married people. You ever feel like staying in a marriage and staying content in a marriage? And you ever feel like growing a solid God-honoring marriage is uphill? Vocational success is uphill. Just think about that for just a moment. Because some of you, you maybe came just for that today. Everything in life worthwhile is uphill. And then John said this. The problem is we want, we want worthwhile things, but we have downhill habits. He, he, said, he said most people in life have uphill hopes. Hello. And downhill habits. Wow. Come on, I love it, brothers and sisters, when you talk to me. I love it. I, I preach better when you talk to me, by the way. You impact my messages, by the way. If I look out there and you... What you got for me today, Pastor? I, here's what I got for you. I'm going to want to get you on out the door and send you to a restaurant or to the baptismal pool. But if you're out there and you're leaning in, you're taking notes and you're talking to me, I, I think I preach better. I don't know. Most people in life have uphill hopes. We all want to grow a great children. We all want to grow a great marriage. We all want to be successful in businesses. We all want to be up and to the right. The problem is we often have downhill habits that work against us. And so I want to talk to you today. And I'm telling you, I said this in the newsletter, this will revolutionize your life. If you pay attention and you learn this vocabulary, it gives you a filter through which to look at life. 
If you learn this vocabulary, you can teach it to your children. If you learn what I'm about to teach you today, it will actually give you the means by which you will know when you are about to quit on something, you will know what's going on inside of your soul and you'll be able to resist it and press through. I want to talk to you about A-zone. Everybody say A-zone. I want to talk to you about B-zone. Everybody say B-zone. I want to talk to you about C-zone. Look at you. A-zone, B-zone, C-zone. This is in your teaching notes. So, so go ahead and pull it out and take notes. Have some art with me. If you've never seen my artwork before, your life is about to be changed forever. <laughs> so <laughs> A-zone, A-zone is where we start things. A-zone is where we start things. College students, come on, come on. When I dropped my sweet little daughter off, she was so excited. I said, baby, the page is blank. I said, go get it. And she was excited. And I, I took me back to when I started college. College students know when you start something, the page is blank. It's so exciting. Marriage. Oh, my Lord. Remember the day? Remember how excited you were when you said, I do. And he or she said, I do. And it was awesome. And life was good. And you loved one another. And it was all warm fuzzy. <laughs> what happened? Because everything in A zone, everything, 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 everything eventually moves to B zone. And this is where we struggle. This is where we struggle. This is where we get marriage, parenting, even church, even church. Remember when you first went to a great church and you thought it's awesome. I love those people. I love that pastor. And then he preached something you didn't like. And you got all huffy and puffy. <laughs> Y'all having too much fun up in there. And then, and, then, and then you went to another church. And you love those people. And you love that pastor. And then somebody took your seat. And you left that church. Then you went to another church. And you loved that pastor. And then he talked about money. And you laugh. And some of you have been a perpetual church shopper your entire life. And you've become a quitter in life. Because there's a zone I didn't put up on the board. And the zone is Q zone. Come on, come on. Some of you started business. Remember when you started your business? It's awesome. You framed your first dollar bill. And you should have. That's awesome. But nobody told you that you eventually reach a point where it's hard. Nobody told you that marriage is one of the hardest things you will ever try to do in your life. Nobody told you 
when you birthed those babies and had fun creating them. <laughs> well, oh yes, he did. Nobody told you. They didn't give you a manual. They told you that they were so cute and precious. They're, they're, I'm, about, I'm about to go places I shouldn't go up here today. They didn't even tell you. When you had the baby, the baby's poop didn't even stink. Oh, yes, he did. Their breath didn't even stink. You know what I'm saying? You people who don't have children yet, <laughs> have some. Besides the delivery part, which I cannot attest to, besides the delivery, it's, it's beautiful. It's awesome. But before long, they start eating real food. And before long, everything changes, and, and it becomes a struggle. A struggle, I might say, is worthwhile. But for, come on, come on, follow me. Here is where everything is full of promises. Write it in. Everything's full of problem, promises. B-zone is where everything is full of problems. Nobody told you that. That's why you're mad at life. That's why some of you are mad at God. Nobody ever told you what I'm going to tell you today. And when life is full of problems, you have a tendency to quit. And you go, hello, to Q-Zone. But what no one has also never told you is the moment you do that, because you see in the A-Zone, here is where you believe. Oh, my Lord. You believe marriage is going to be easy. You believe life is full of possibilities and promises. You believe parenting is going to be a walk through the, the, the roses, if you will. You believe, but what you do, what no one has ever told you is here is where you become. Well, and if you short-circuit B-zone and you go to Q-zone, you never become all that God wants you to become. And so many people quit here. If here is where you start and here is where you struggle, come on church, here is where you succeed. This is where the succeeding happens. This is where you start to realize you can be somebody. This is where instead of it being full of promises, which is good. Thank God for the promise. If you weren't full of promises, who would get married? If you weren't full of promises, who would have children? But then you get through a stage. You got to realize you got to go through problems. But here is where it's full of payoffs. It's full of promises, it's full of problems, it's full of payoffs. If you quit here, like, I don't know, you know, most percentages that people like me say are, are, are a bunch of baloney. Like, I don't know. But I, I'll tell you that the overwhelming majority of people, might, might I say again, this is, not, this is not based on intel. Most people, I would say, 70, maybe 65% of people never make it here. Well, just take marriage, for example. We know now it's 50%. 50% of people never make it here. And if here is where you believe 
And here is where you become. Come on, church. Here is where you celebrate. Here is where you celebrate. And the problem is so many people, and again, it's got to be more than 50%, but I don't have any hard data on this. It's just a theory. So many people get to the struggles and the problems and where God wants to shape you and transform you on the anvil of his Holy Spirit and make you into a man or a woman or a child or a student who is like Jesus. They don't become, and instead they go right to Q-Zone. And if you haven't figured it out yet, Q-Zone is the quit zone. This is true in your personal life, whatever it is you long to do and be. This is true in your dating life. This is true in your marriage. See, when you dated her, dude, you never, you never saw her in the morning, or you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I never saw my wife in the morning. So when I dated her, she was all prettied up. She just brushed her teeth before the date night. When you marry her, bro, you wake up and you see her and you smell her. And ladies, it's probably worse. <laughs> she kind of sees you and smells your breath before you brush your teeth. And you pick up all of her bad habits. And she picks up all of yours. And I've already talked about children. This is true for marriage. This is true for parenting. This is true for education. This is true for vocation. So many people reach B-zone. And they quit. Champs make it to C-zone. Chumps quit in B-zone. Winners make it to C-zone. Whiners live in B-zone. If you can't say amen, just mumble under your breath. Ouch. And this gives you a vocabulary an ability to understand what is happening in your life. Just think about where we've been in this series. The nation of Israel and the chronological Bible that we've been studying called the story has paralleled with what has been going on in our country, if I might say so myself, in recent decades. The political polarization in our land the resistance to God and his word in our land. The departure from morality and values in our land. The racial and ethnic tensions in our land. The encroachment of immorality in our land. And the lack of spiritual leadership in our land has positioned our land in a similar place that ancient Israel was in. If you've been following me, you know... That God's nation, God's kingdom has divided. There is a northern kingdom and there is a southern kingdom. Israel is in the north. Judah is in the south. 
The Assyrian army has ransacked and taken Israel into captivity, into exile. And the Babylonians, which we studied this week, has taken Judah into exile and captivity. Do you know what exile means? Exile means to be forced, if you will, to live where you don't belong. Everybody say that with me. Exile simply means what? Being forced to live where you, again, what? Being forced to live where you don't belong. The reason some of you are here today, the reason you're giving God a chance in your life today is because you feel in your soul that you're not home. You're desiring for home. And we can talk about that in an eternal sense. Every single person here has a desire to get to heaven one day. This, this earth is not your home. This world is not your home. So there's this longing. But you can, you can step back from that and realize that this relates very much to home. You weren't intended to live in B-Zone. God does not desire for you to live in B-Zone. God's people press on, press through, and they make it to C-Zone. Come on. Anybody believe it and long for it in your life? I don't know how we ever made it without GPS systems. But in my GPS system, I've got a, I've got a feature like you do where I can add in addresses and, and memorize them. I can put them in memory. Do you guys have this? And I got one. I don't have a lot in the memory. I have all the campuses in the memory. So if I'm traveling around any of the campuses, I just throw that campus in there and I go to it. But I have one called home. <laughs> what did we do without GPS systems? I remember carrying a big old atlas in the car. You remember that? How did we drive with looking at an atlas, man? Well, you're like, you're supposed to pull over, dude. Oh, I didn't do that. Anyway, wherever I am, I can just plug in home. I can just click on home, and it takes me home. There's a GPS system hardwired in your soul. And part of learning to listen to that GPS system and make your way home is actually learning this A zone, B zone, and C zone. And we all love A zones. A zones are wonderful and glorious, and everybody gets giddy about A zone. When you get to B zone, don't you quit. That's not your home. Let God's eternal GPS system draw you with a gravitational pull from the Holy Spirit. Draw you home because here is where home is. Here is where God's people are supposed to live. Here is where we succeed to the glory and honor of God. Here is where we have payoffs. Have you ever been to a 50th wedding anniversary? I don't know what it is about 50th wedding anniversaries, but I get, I get a little teary. And maybe it's because I, I understand what I'm teaching you today. You're looking at a couple and you can see it in their face. They're experiencing the payoffs of pressing through the problems. They're, they're, they're succeeding. They're experiencing the success of pushing on and driving through the struggles. They're able to celebrate because they've become godly and committed and holy in the eyes of God. All right. People were let go. 
I'm not going to read it for you, but you can read it. It's on page 263. The king of Persia, by the name of Cyrus, tell, this is a Persian king, tells them, y'all can go back. Get on out of here. Miracle right there. What was God doing? God was calling his people home. Again, you can go read it later. Page 263, Ezra 1, 2, and 4. But when they go back, they have a job to do. They have a temple to build. The temple had been deserted. And they go back, and if you know anything about Old Testament history, and even if you go over there today, the temple was always positioned in the middle of town. In the, in the epicenter of the villages and the towns were the temples and the main temple, of course. By the way, it's why I love the multi-site model. One church, many locations. I love launching campuses because we get to set up shop in the middle of towns and villages throughout the Carolinas and into Kenya and wherever God leads us. And that becomes the temple, if you will. And people come. And so they come out of exile, being forced to live where they did not belong. They come out of exile, and we stumble upon this in Ezra 3, 1 through Three. You read the others so well. Let's read it together. It starts with the people. Ready? Go. The people assembled together as, as what? As one in Jerusalem. Come on. They began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, they built the altar on its foundations and they sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening sacrifices. They built it as what church? One. Did you catch that? They were unified. They were, in the words of the book of Acts in the New Testament, they were of one accord. They were aligned. They were unified. They were passionate. And they were focused on the work of God before them. But do you know what happened after a while? If you read your readings this week, and I hope you have. If not, let me tell you. After a while, they lost their motivation. After a while, they lost their passion. After a while, those things that were important to God and important to them that they had committed to in exile, those things that God was calling them to do, that they said, God, if you get us out of this mess, we will do it. God, if you deliver us, we will go back. After a while, straight to Q-Zone. And they quit the work of God for 16 years. That's a long Q-zone, church. 16 years. Which is why this entire passage today and this entire teaching is perfect for us as a church during halftime celebration. If you're new here, we're in the middle of a three-year faith-raising campaign called Hope Rising. Everybody say Hope Rising. 
Everybody say, the best is yet to come. We're halfway through. Guess what? Halftime is fertile soil for people to go to Q-Zone. Hey, dude, have you felt the ouch of midlife crisis? Don't deny it. It can be real. And you can want to quit. One guess when most divorces happen. Right in around halftime. College dropouts often happen maybe sophomore year. Vocational endeavors. We quit. This is a perfect passage for us today. Because some of you are sitting here and you were with us 18 months and you have felt a tendency, you have felt a temptation to go straight to Q-Zone, not realizing that God is wanting you to become something special during this season. So most of you were handed this or you have a card in front of you in the chair pocket. Most of you know this is a historic day that we are gathering But if you look at where we've been, and I'm going to make this really quick today because I think the heart of what we've talked about is so important. It applies to Hope Rising, but it applies to your personal life. But let me just pause for just a moment and talk about where we are as a church. We're at halftime. Let me show you some thermostats. Not really thermostats, but we call them that because that's what the old church called them. You've seen the thermostats. We turned the Hope Rising graphic into it. Let me show you here. Let's go ahead and go to the first one. This is the central campus. We pledged $4.7 million. We're at halftime. What's that percentage say right there? Come on, all the campuses, come on, celebrate it. Way to go. Way to go, Durham. Let's look at the next one. Garner Campus, they pledged $611,000. Strong pledge, Garner. They're at 38%. They have expanded their lobby. They've increased their technology. They've joined us all in going to the mission field like never before. They're at 38%. But I want to say to Garner, I believe you guys are going to make it up. You're going to be with us. You're going to be there in the end and successfully fulfill 100% of their pledge. If you believe it with Garner, come on. I believe it. Great campus over there. Great campus, pastor. Great campus. Look at the next one. What's the next one? Let's go. Keep them going. Oh, Sanford. Sanford. 422,000 there at 57%. Give in! Man, they've yanked carpet out. They've yanked pews out. They've put chairs in. They've become debt-free. Um, they've gone into the mission field with us. They've done all kinds of technology upgrades with us. Um, the problem with Sanford is that Sanford doesn't have the best internet. So I want all of us to pray that Sanford will catch up to the 21st century and have good internet. Because it causes us some problems every now and then as we stream these messages to the Sanford campus. What's the next one? What's the next one? North Raleigh. Yeah, you can hear it in the crowd, can't you? 71%. They went from having church in a bar. Hello, we really rented a bar. 
it's a, it kind of a wedding facility kind of place. And we, we did it there for a while, but then we moved into a place where we didn't have to set up and tear down. And so they've taken that place down. They've done all kinds of upgrades in their technology. They have the strongest stage slash screen display of any campus we have. I mean, they're rocking and rolling. They've gone into the mission field with us. They've done all that. They have done a great job. Let's go to the next campus. I think we are, yeah, we're at Hillsboro. Check it out. Hillsboro wasn't even with us during Hope Rising. But some generous people over there have decided to give $1,226 toward Hope Rising. And Pastor Chris is going to be challenging them today and encouraging them today to get on in with us and join us for the second half, the next 18 months, because you, you Durham, you Garner, you Sanford, you North Raleigh, you Kenya, all of us together built, I mean, not built, bought a building in Hillsboro, North Carolina, right on 70, that is as big as this building was before our last expansion. That's how big Hillsboro is. On an amazing piece of property with incredible location, we did that as a movement and blessed Hillsboro. And now we're inviting Hillsboro campus to join us and make an 18-month pledge with us. Every single person here that pledged, and we're asking you people today to pledge for the second 18 months. Every single person is going to be in B zone at one time or another, and you're going to be tempted to go to Q zone. And what we're challenging you to do today, what we're encouraging you to do today, is stay strong for the final 18 months, and let's go get this. Because if we do... We become the church God wants us to become. You become the person God wants you to become. And we get over here to success and payoffs and celebrations. And this is when it's hard to finish. Because everything's kind of done. I was talking to my kid the other day, one of my youngest. And I was telling him, like, bro, because they get giving statements like we do. You all get giving statements. And they got their giving statements. And one of them had dropped way off. And I'm like, bro, it's only like a dollar a week, right? Dollar a week, they got to come, they fill out their little envelope. I said, bro, what's up? What? You, you, you're like at 20%, man, and we're going on halftime. What's up? He goes, dad, we're finished with the building, man. <laughs> and some of you will say the same thing. We built the building based on our pledges. We just bought, or we're buying, by the way. Remember a, few, a month ago I told you we might buy? We are buying the Ark Orphanage in Kenya. All these things we've committed to, we've done them based on the place. By the way, I got to tell you, this is a side note. Pastor Fuller keeps telling me, he keeps telling me that someone is going to just stroke a check for the Ark Orphanage. I said, well, Fuller, we, we, that's what we pledged for and all that kind of, we, we might, might not need to, he goes, somebody's, God's going to touch somebody's heart. And they're going to stroke a $40,000 check to buy the Ark Orphanage. So I told him I'd say that. You, 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 can, you can do with that what you want. But I love his faith. And some of you might want to do that very thing. So we're at halftime. We're at halftime. C.S. Lewis said this. If you put first things first, you get second things thrown in. But if you put second things first, you lose both first and second things. They'll throw that up there because you want to write that down. It might even be in your teaching notes. If you put first things first, you get second things thrown in. But if you put second things first, you lose both first and second things. Church, can I just tell you first things 
all, all about God's agenda. Never quit on the things that are important in life. Never quit on your children. Never quit on your marriage if you can avoid it. Never quit on your vocation. Get some grit. Get some tenacity. Move through B-zone. Get to C-zone. But never, ever, ever quit on the things of God. And I will join you in clapping about that. Barry Cameron said this. As God's house lay in ruins, this is a biblical scholar on this passage we've been reading and talking about today. Barry Cameron said, as God's house lay in ruins, from all those years of neglect, their own houses were looking pretty good. They hadn't become notorious sinners, they had just become self-centered. Hello. Acts 2, 38 and 39. We're in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, they didn't have Jesus. They didn't have God in the flesh. Might, might case might be made that it was a little easier to neglect God. We've seen Christ. And in Acts 2, 38 and 39, the Bible says this, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the what church? The promises for you and your children. That's a typo. And all who are far off. It's a typo on my text. The productions team got it right promises for you and your children and all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will what? Will call. Last verse and I'm done. Being confident of this. What a great verse. I can tell you like it. Being confident. Come on out loud since you like it so much. Ready? Go. Being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you will what? Carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Is that not a great verse for A zone, B zone, C? Come on. I'm sharing it because it's my heart for you being confident of this. That he who began a good work in you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. He who began it here, here he who started it here. Will carry it on to what? Come on, come on. To completion. That means you drive through the struggles. You drive through the problems. You drive through the transformative work of God shaping in you who he wants to become. And you get to celebrate and get the payoffs and get the success. He who began a good work in you will bring it on to completion. There's a cathedral in Milan. I would imagine some of you have been there. And this is a magnificent cathedral. And I'm going to show you a picture of it, in fact. If you ever get to Milan, Italy, you want to see this cathedral. Over the triple doorways of the cathedral of Milan, there are three inscriptions. Let me show you another picture, kind of take you looking up at it. There are three inscriptions spanning the splendid arches. Over one is carved a beautiful wreath of roses. And underneath that picture of the roses, the carving, the inscription are these words. All that which pleases is but for a moment. Think about that. Over another arch, there's sculpted a cross. And there are the words, all that which troubles 
is but for a moment. So the first inscription, all that which pleases is but for a moment. The other side of the main door, the inscription, all that which troubles is but for a moment. But over the grand entryway into the cathedral of Milan, the main aisle, if you will, as you enter this magnificent, splendid cathedral are these words, only that which is eternal is important. I believe that. The work we're doing here, church, come on, can I just remind you? Is eternal. The lives that we see saved weekend and week out, they're not only experiencing salvation here and now, they're going to be with us in heaven forever. The addictions that are being broken are setting people up for success to take them right into heaven. The marriages that are being restored, the girls that we are rescuing from the sex trafficking trade in Kenya, and seeing them accept Christ is eternal. All the deep water wells, by the way, we're starting another deep water well because of your generosity. All the deep water wells that we are drilling in Kenya, yeah, they're meeting their earthly need for thirst, but we are introducing them to the water of life. The living water, John's gospel says. Only that which is eternal is important. And we have the opportunity. God has positioned us to make an eternal difference in the world. Let's go get this. Let's stay true to our calling. Let's press through the heartaches and the struggles. And let's get to the success and the payoffs and the celebrations that we will experience on Vision Day 2018. And we will experience when we get to heaven one day. And God looks at you and God looks at me and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. If you receive it, let me hear you, church. Let me hear you celebrate. And anticipate the celebration that will be yours and will be mine. I'm going to turn it over to the campus pastors. And they're going to lead you in this moment with the offering and the pledge card. Love you guys. And we are praying for you. Give it up and sign them off, church. Come on, give it up. We love you guys. Love you guys. Thanks for being a part of this week's podcast. If you have any prayer requests or praises, we'd love to hear from you. Just email our pastors and staff at prayers at newhopenc.org and we would love to pray for you. If you'd like to support the ministries of New Hope, just stop by one of our campuses or visit us online at newhopechurch.org. We hope you'll join us next week for the podcast and thanks for being a part of our church family.